Good day, everybody. This 929 is in the schut of all the Pittsburgh victims, their families, and the community at large. Diving into a quick summary of the parak, Parak Klafzayin, Chapter 27, um, this parak continues to go into great detail about the construction of the Mishkan. But first, we hear about the Mizbeach and all of its parts. Then we hear about the curtains to enclose the south side of the Mishkan, and that all the utensils and pegs should be made out of copper. And then at last, we hear that Moshe should instruct B'nai Israel to produce clear olive oil that Aaron and his sons will use to light the menorah each day. Except the one caveat is that God doesn't say, Moshe, instruct B'nai Israel. Rather, God says, Israel, and you shall command the children of Israel. You referring directly to Moshe. In previous Prakim, God said, Sicha. So here, why doesn't it say vitzivita? Why the extra atayu? If the Torah is going through the trouble of saying you, then why is Moshe's name not directly mentioned here? And why isn't it mentioned at all, in fact, throughout Parsha Titzavah? It's especially glaring also because if we look at Moshe's introductory story a few weeks back in Parsha Shmot Perik Bet, where no names are mentioned in reference to Moshe's mother, father, sister, and Paro's daughter, Moshe is actually the first to be addressed by name when Bob Paro names him Moshe. This juxtaposition in stark contrast forces us to question what's going on here in Parsha Tzitzavah. Perhaps we could assume this first instance is a sign of greatness to be the only one directly mentioned by name. So now, at the height of Moshe's supposed greatness, again, why isn't his name mentioned? I'd like to share with you the two classic explanations that when analyzed from a different angle, I believe have a special message to offer us. The first suggestion is that Moshe's names erased from the Perak because as we'll cover in the next week or so, after Chet Ha'iyah B'nai Yisrael sinned, God wanted to destroy them and create an entirely new dynasty through Moshe. Moshe argued on B'nai Yisrael's behalf, saying, M'cheni nami sifrecha, erase me from your book that you have written. Therefore, some of Forshim believe that the absence of Moshe's name in this week's Parsha is a punishment in response to his harsh words to God. Another explanation why Moshe's name isn't in this week's Parsha is because this Parsha, Parsha Tisava, is typically read around Moshe's Yerzeh, the seventh of Adar. The absence of Moshe's name symbolizes his absence from this world. Now, in regards to the first idea, rather than viewing it as a punishment that Moshe's name is erased, I want to suggest that we can consider it a turning point, a peak in Moshe's leadership, that he went beyond his name and saved B'nai Israel. If Moshe had been absorbed in selfishly creating a name for himself through his promised legacy, B'nai Israel would have been extinct. I'd then like to suggest, in response to the second explanation, that it's therefore appropriate to leave out Moshe's name near his yard site a time when we reflect or highlight his legacy, because it's this absence that effectively displays his superior leadership. It's in spite of, or perhaps because of Moshe's seemingly overt absence in the Parsha, that we're able to ruminate on his true accomplishments. And I'd be remiss not to point out the prevalence of this very concept throughout Megillah Esther, spoiler alert, which is also typically read around the time of Parsha Tzitzavah. As a general principle, each of God's names is representative of his unique attributes. However, God's name is notoriously not mentioned in the Megillah, which Kabbalah argues exhibits God's greatness. 
Cabal explains that American mass behind natural events, such as the Purim story, is more profound than one that breaks natural laws, such as splitting of the Yamsof, which we read a few weeks back. We assume such a miracle doesn't enhance God's name or image because we can't put our finger on it, um, on exactly what God's doing. But in reality, God's greatness lies in this transcendence of an attribute and ultimately his name. Just as we can't pinpoint the miracle, we're unable to pinpoint that divine quality that causes it to occur. And therefore, God's essence can't be limited to a name. We don't need to be considered a yeshiva student to learn Torah, a university student to read an article, a chassid volunteer to do a charitable act, or the rabbi or president or whatever role it might be of our shul to be taking initiative and being involved in the community. As Hashem demands us in his vague words, biatah and you shall, you do not let a name restrict your actions. You can all study Torah, read a book, do charitable acts, and partake in your community. The you, the atah, goes beyond the superficial and beyond what any name could possibly encapsulate. And while we may not all be Moshe, we can all be that you.